You should know should become a reality which you live with that Hashem is Elohim. What, what are the two terms Hashem and Elohim? I have the Shibin Eino Hashem What's the difference between these two names with like this? Hashem Elohim Nehmer Gamal Ezu Koyach Prati Hanim Shachimeno Yisbarach Elohim means a source of power. The Nefesh Shachayim explains the concept exactly the same way as the Rambam, as the Ramban, as the Kuzari, this is obviously the standard understanding, that Elohim refers to a source of power. And therefore, it doesn't have to mean only Hashem himself. There can be other things which are considered to have power. And therefore, anything which HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives power to, so to speak, has power as well. It's also called the Lakim. Whereas Hashem Himself is the source of everything. Really, the name Avaya comes from the words Haya, Haya, the one who was, is, and always will be. In other words, existence. When it exists, existed and always will exist. That's the source. That's the first cause. Only after all this complete does it use the word Hashem. Whereas in talking about the creation of each individual phase, of each individual element within the Bria, it uses the name Elohim. Why? Because when the whole Bria exists as a unit, the whole world is created and now can operate as a system which it all works together, so then we can use the word Neh Hashem. Whereas we're talking about some specific aspects, some specific elements of the Bria, so then we refer to Elohim. Because that's not the system in its own right, that's just a certain point, a certain Koyach, a certain power force which works within the system. And therefore he says, that it's the source of everything. And therefore, when Akashbaka created the world, he was Mamshik, which means he drew certain Kaikas down to this world to do certain certain effects, to create certain elements within the world. Those are individual abilities, individual sources of 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 Kayach, which we call Elohim. Therefore, in every point of my celebration, the only message is Shemirakim. And only after a Kaddish Baruch Hu has brought down all those various Kaychas as he wanted for the point of this world, then it says, It refers to the name Hashem. It refers to the name of Hashem as being the source of creation of existence behind all of that. When any avoida, any mitzvah, any carbon we bring, 
we don't intend to connect to a specific koyach. By koyachas prat, we need a group of koyachas, Hashem HaShemam Yimal, whether it's something spiritual, Hashem Aras Mitachas, something in this world. Rak lechavin, hakol l'shem ha'etzim yuchad avoye b'isparach shmoi, to direct all our intentions and all our thoughts to Hashem Himself. Makayra v'klada shalklala midas shakolam shalim shkomimim. The source which everything comes from. Why? Because here's an important point for us to understand how the world works, how the world was created. And that is, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu creates the world, so like we saw at the beginning of Nefesh HaChaim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu uses specific kaychas in creating the world. Whether it's spiritual kaychas, or whether it's kaychas which manifest themselves here in this world. And so the way that works is through the means of that initial kayach which HaKadosh Baruch Hu begins, so it comes down to this world. And it comes down to this world and has its effect of what Hashem wants it to do in this world too. But there are a number of stages along the way. The number of, so to speak, substations, how that kayach comes down to this world. And the reason for that is because a kayach which emanates from HaKadosh Baruch Hu in its pure spiritual form is not something which this world can accept or can relate to. And therefore, there's a system which generally converts that initial spiritual only kayak into something which eventually can be adapted by, be felt in and has influence in this world. And therefore, we talk about kayakas alyanian coming down stage by stage by stage through the various levels of creation until they come down to this world. And therefore, for example, if there's a force of light, so that begins in the spiritual dimension, it goes then to the level of the malachim, considered the malachim of the light, will bring it down to the physical dimension, and it gets translated into sunlight, or uh, which can be manifest and have its effect in this world. If there's a kayach of, which causes things to grow, then again, that kayach starts in the spiritual level and comes down to the malachim, his job is to transport that kayach down to a lower level and it gets manifest in the form of rain or in the form of air or whatever it's going to be which provides life in this world. And same thing, everything. Any other kayach which HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends has the same process of being transferred stage by stage by stage until it comes down to this world. And therefore the yesod is that these are called kayachas. Whether we're talking about the kayach in its original stage which is a pure spiritual stage, when we're talking about that kayach, when it's come down to the stage where the malachim who are now the ones carrying that kayach, or even when it comes down to the stage when it's manifested itself in the physical dimension, the mass is a source of kayach. And therefore, all these things can be called by Hashem's name, which, or, which borrowing the term which is used for Hashem's name, Elohim. The malachim are called B'nai Elohim, and the various koichas in the world are called Elohim as well, sources of power. Now, that system of the various forces that Kodesh Baruch utilized to create the world, and the, tra- the path that they took to come down to this world, and all the, wa- the various mediums along the route which were used to transport them, was something which was known to the previous Torahs. Previous Torahs, I'm talking about the people who lived in the time of the Torah, and because they knew this, so then this presented them with an opportunity which was also a very, very difficult Nisayan to overcome. 
That is, if somebody was aware of the various stages in the system and the various koichas at, at each stage, then they would be tempted, instead of approaching Hashem Himself, who is at the top of the system, and appealing to Him to try and ask for what they needed, they would rather deal with a spiritual force at any stage lower down the line and try and access via that intermediary what they wanted to get. If they knew the Malach, for example, who was in charge of bringing life down to this world, if they knew in the Kichav and the Mazaris, on the stage of the, of the stars, of the solar systems, where the Koyach of rain, for example, was coming down from, so then they were presented with the possibility of, instead of appealing to Hashem Himself, instead of directly asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu, let's rather access what we need directly by dealing with the Koyach which is responsible for that. Why would they rather do that? Well, there's two reasons. Firstly, speaking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu Himself comes with obligations. We understand that if we want HaKadosh Baruch Hu, um, to grant our requests, when we meant to be listening to Him. He has His expectations from us as well. <laughs> the truth is, even if we don't ask Him for anything, the fact that we realize this Hashem brings us that the realization and therefore we are responsible to do what Hashem wants from us. Whereas dealing with the Malach or some other spiritual source along the way didn't necessarily come with a price tag that this Malach expected something in return. Secondly, the idea of diving to HaKadosh Baruch himself doesn't guarantee results. Hashem isn't beholden to us that He is responsible to do what we ask of Him. Hashem is the Malach. Hashem can choose. And therefore we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's up to Him to decide. Does He want to grant our request? Or does he want to deny our request? Whereas people who had a way to access what they needed by manipulating the system and by forcing whatever stage it was to give them what the, that spiritual uh, that it carried, so that was something which the Avodavodazara tried to bring about not through the agreement or the willingness of the Malach or the spiritual courier who had that force, but through forcing it but through, so to speak, using whatever spiritual means they had in order to force it to give them what it had. And if that's the case, it's guaranteed results. If a person knows how to twist the system, if a person knows how to manipulate a spiritual level in order to force it to give the person what he wants, so then he's able to get whatever he needs. It doesn't, it's not dependent on does Hashem want to give him or not. That was the attraction, and that was the... the what people want, were drawn to avoid Zara to find, to try and achieve. But at the same time, we talk about the pagans, people who worship spiritual forces, as having a multitude of gods. And that's true, and it didn't disturb them, because they never saw any one of them as the supreme creator. They saw each one as a source of a certain power. And therefore, depending what power they wanted to get, depending what spiritual energy they wanted to access, was the 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 direction of where they, who they served, what malach or other spiritual being they directed their what they did towards. And of course, like the Gemara says also, the that the the various idolaters also recognized this Hashem. 
Hashem is the ultimate. Hashem is the uppermost. Hashem is the creator. But the way they understood and the way they saw the world and the way they were able to utilize the Vedasura was we don't need to appeal to Hashem Himself. We can access whatever we need by going to some lower down level for where that Koyach which has come from Hashem has been brought down to. And therefore we can get what we want without having to, so to speak, deal with, appeal to Hashem directly. And therefore there was no Vedasura of Shem Hashem. They understood that the existence and the, the concept of creation is from Hashem Himself. There's no, there was no replica for that. When it came to Hashem Elohim, which means the various forces that Hashem uses in the world, that's when we have a concept of Elohim Acherim, which means these same forces being accessed at a level lower down than Hashem, and that's how the Old of Elizabeth thought that they would be able to achieve whatever they were trying to they set out to achieve. And that's what the Neshachayim explains. We made our Enosh, those were the first people to say That's when Avedazar began. Which means they used to, instead of hoarding only to Hashem Himself, they started looking for other spiritual elements, entities to whom to turn. Whether it was the stars or the malachim, and what did they achieve by trying to worship stars or even worship angels? No one thought that the, the individual koyach that they were speaking to was the ultimate God who created everything. Why? They all knew that Hashem was, so to speak, the God of Gods, which means the first cause, the one who were all the koiches, all the powers that they were animated from. The Malachi also says to the Jewish people, the entire world recognizes my greatness, which means the idolaters too recognize the concept of Hashem, that there was the Almighty above every other koich. The mistake which began the reading time of Enosh was in their mistakenness they thought is exalted. Hashem is above the heavens. And they even consider it a lack of respect, so to speak, to involve Hashem in our lives. That Baruch from His greatness should look down and should intermingle with and should be interested in or human beings in the lowly planet called Earth are the insignificant as a speck in the tiny in the vastness of the whole solar system. It wasn't discovered. And therefore, they thought Hakadosh Baruch had transferred us, or transferred them to the dominion and the rulership of the various intermediary stages which had the koichas which came from him, and they were the ones who were now, so to speak, in, charged with the sending those koichas down to this world. And if that's the case, then they, that's what they would appeal to, because those were the entities which were in control. And more than that, They considered a lack of covet to the appeal to Hashem directly to take care of their needs. 
what you're going to interrupt the emperor, you're going to interrupt the Hashem Almighty with uh, some trivial request of uh, t- to heal uh, someone who's sick or to deal with some insignificant problem here on earth. It's not the fake way to be bothered with such minute. And that was therefore they uh, turned rather to deal with the various spiritual intermediaries along the way. And not, so to speak, interfere or appeal to Hashem Himself. Now, this was the, we call the mistake of Avodah what is it? Before, obviously, besides the fact that the Torah forbids it, what was wrong with the Hashkafa? So we always say in the pasuk that the goyim say Ramal kol goyim Hashem and Hashemayim kavoda. The goyim acknowledge that there's Hashem, but He's Ram. He's elevated above all the other nations. Hakadosh Baruch Hu's covers in Shemayim. Now Hakadosh Baruch is interested in the solar systems and galaxies and planets. If there's going to be new stars being born, or if there's going to be some huge inter- interspatial uh, cataclysmic uh, event, that's what interests Hashem, something of that magnitude, of that proportion. But something small and insignificant which would appeal to little people in this world, they felt that wasn't, that, that, that wasn't what Hashem was covered to think about such small things. And the mistake was, coming from the way the goyim see the world. Because any guy who has importance, who has prominence, thinks exactly the same way. If a person becomes the head of state, a prime minister or a president, so is he interested now in the woes of every commoner, in the gripes of every individual? No, of course not. He's busy with major things. He's attending state dinners. He's taking decisions which will affect the whole country. Perhaps will affect the whole the whole global setup. What to be worried about some individual's personal problem? That's that's way beneath him. That's the way the goyim think, and therefore they we may associate the same middle with Hashem, and therefore they say Hashem too wouldn't be interested in lowly human beings. And really, this is a mistake in Hashkafa, because it's not like that. It's not like that. We know that Hakadosh Baruch Hu interests himself. Dafka in the weak and in the lonely. Like the Pasuk always says, Wherever you find Hashem's greatness, that's where you find His interest in the small. We say, HaKadosh Baruch is a Kela God, a Gibba Vanaira, who listens to the widow and the orphan and takes care of the poor. And that's something which is mirrored in Hanhag of Gdali Yisrael. Did we ever have a God whose door wasn't open to the public? Did you ever have somebody who was the leader of Klai Israel who didn't make time and effort to deal with the individual complaints and sorrows of every Jew? Ba'as Gadlus, greatness, doesn't manifest itself as detachment from the commoner, as being too feeling too elevated to deal with minor problems. On the contrary, our greatest, that's how they spent their time, whether it was Rukhaim Kenevsky in Doris before him, the Dorim of the Dator, the Chafetz Chaim, whatever it was. They made a point of of having Kabbalah's call, of dealing with anybody who wanted to come and ask anything. Every broken individual, every little child. Godless isn't represented by being too aloof, 
too too great, too distant from everyone else, exactly the opposite. And therefore we don't describe it to Hashem either. As great as Hashem is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has time and interest in every single individual. So therefore the idea which fueled the mistake of Vedazara was really a mistake which was coming from the midst of the going. It's an interesting thing to point out. But in their mistaken worldview, they understood that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is way too exalted, is way above everybody, and therefore it's lack of respect on our part to appeal to Him and davening to talk to Him or to expect Him to take care of what we need. And therefore that provided some kind of a justification for them to appeal to other spiritual forces lower down the line and use them as a source of what they needed. Now the next point we need to understand is we understand what the motivation to serve a desire was, what the rationalization was, but how did they do it? Because it doesn't work to ask a malach or any other spiritual entity uh, to provide somebody what he wants. A malach, as you know, doesn't have the And therefore it's not really within his realm, it's not within his ability to agree to grant requests of people who would ask the malach to dispense what he has to them. And therefore, says Nefesh Shachayim, the way that Avodah Zohar used to work, they knew how to mashpia the malach, which means to force them. Not to request from them, but rather to make a shpah, which would force them, bind them to do what they wanted. And by compelling them, they would force them to give up whatever shafa, whatever kayach they were bringing down to this world. The manach was given a certain tafkid, a certain job, a certain kayach to bring down with him. And they were able to basically be pirates. They were able to steal. They were able to force the manach to give them what it had. There are only a few people who read us the MS. And that is the HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even though he is the Most High. But nevertheless, he is involved intimately in everything that happens here in the world. He listens to everyone's Twitter and he decides what everybody needs to get. So that's the answer to the Hashkafic problem of the Avdav Zara HaKadosh Baruch Hu is concerned and is involved in this world. But the way that Abba Zara worked is HaKadosh Baruch Hu allowed, so to speak, people to a certain extent to force the Malachim to give them the shepherd that they had as it were they were stealing on a spiritual scale. But it worked. To appeal to a Malach wouldn't work, but to so to speak, try and take what the Malach had would work. They would serve various animals. It wasn't the animal. It was just, it was the koyach which the animal, so to speak, rep- was represented by in Shemayim. So, for example, we know the Egyptians worshipped the sheep. It wasn't the weak little lamb here that they felt was powerful, but rather that was a representation of the muzzle of the lamb. The muzzle of the lamb is the first of the signs of the, of the zodiac, and that had a certain koyach. And Egypt, who saw themselves as the first world empire, so to speak, realized that their shepherd was coming through the first of the twelve mazalos, constellations of stars, and therefore that was represented by the lamb. And therefore the lamb here became an object through which they could direct whatever they wanted to get, rather than being a source of power in its own right.
that's what the Nevesh Chaim says, that they would use whatever they had here as a means to which they wanted to draw Koyach from wherever there was in Shemayim. That way, it will draw down to them the Koyach of its representative Koyach in Shemayim that it got from Hashem. The Nashim Arurus were the Ovda Vedizara, the woman in the time of Yemir Anabi, that were unrepentant after the Khurban. And they said that all the misfortunes befell us because we stopped worshipping the sun. And once again, they saw the sun as a physical counterpart to whatever Kayach that was brought down to the world via the Ruchni's channels which came through the sun. And by serving the sun, they were able to access the, that higher channel which they tried to take for themselves. And that was referring to worship of spiritual forces or their physical representations. But they used to worship people. When they saw a person who was very powerful, they understood that means that he is a source. He's able to receive a lot from Shemaim. He has a strong muzzle, which means a strong connection, a strong connection to a spiritual source. If that's the case, by connecting to him, they felt that they would be able to leech, so to speak, to draw some of that effort from him. By, so to speak, connecting themselves to him, then they would benefit from his shefa as well. And that's why they idolized or deified, so to speak, their kings. Or anybody else they consider powerful or important because they saw power as importance as a, as a proof that somebody had a connection to a much higher level or much greater degree of kayach, of spiritual power, and therefore they felt that by connecting to him they would benefit from that too. Now that's not completely wrong. Once again, the principle might be right, the application is wrong, which means it is true that the Melech serves as the conduit to which Shepherd comes to his nation. And therefore there is an Indian of seeing a Melech as being elevated above his people because he's really a source through which Hashem sends the Shepherd to the nation. And as we're going to talk about how the channel of Shepherd works, it goes to the sire of that nation, which is the spiritual force in Shemaim, which represents that nation. And from the sire it comes to the Melech, which is the physical person that represents the nation. And from him then it spreads out to the rest of the nation. And therefore it's not wrong that a king or a leader is a channel through which the nation receives, just like Moshe Rabbeinu. He says that we know that the Nevoah of Klai Yisrael came down to Klai Yisrael via Moshe. He was the source through which Klai Yisrael got, but the application is wrong. Which means just because one knows that's the source doesn't mean it has the right to use that channel as a, something to serve in place of serving Hashem. There were those who didn't try and gain a physical benefit from Avodah Zarah. They wanted information. They wanted knowledge. They wanted understanding. And they would access these same channels as a way to get the spiritual knowledge that they wanted, whether it was knowledge of the future or it was anything else that they wanted to be revealed to them. Which is why there was a concept of the Shaka. I've said this before many times when I heard from my Rabbi or Moshe Shapir and that is that the concept of a Navi Shaker wasn't a liar. 
wasn't the person who made up that he was a Novi when he wasn't. Ramosh is always used to say, a person like that wouldn't be called a Novi Shaker. A Novi of Shaker. He'd be called a Shakran. He's a liar. He's not a Novi at all. A Novi Shaker was somebody who did get a certain revelation of spirituality, but not a true revelation. So he was a Novi of Shaker. He was, he was someone who beheld Shaker. And why would he behold Shaker? Because a person who's trying to access Nebuah through these improper channels is somebody who would be told things which are not necessarily true. And therefore the Navi, when he came to talk, would be thinking, I'm relaying a message I was given, but it was a message of Shekhar, coming from an impure source. That's what made the crime so bad. It wasn't someone who just, so to speak, fictitiously believed himself to be a Navi. It was somebody who actually accessed spiritual information, but in the wrong way, through a Koyach of Tumah, or through a Koyach which wasn't correct, and therefore the, the information he accessed was Shekhar. So there was something else which people tried to utilize the channels that they understood to use. They connected to serve people to know the future. This is all included in the Isra of Avodah which means accessing spiritual powers wrongly. And this is all from the Ramban, and so we saw that many of the other Mephoshim explain the same concept as well. Now, the Nefesh HaChem continues, and he says, V'afilu li'ishtabed u'lihistabek be'eze avoida l'ibchinus ruch ha'kodesh sh'be'eze adam novi v'bal ruch ha'kodesh Even if a person wanted to attach himself by doing something to the ruch ha'kodesh which a novi had, gamze nikra avoida zara mamish. In other words, even if the, the source of the, the object being served was a tzaddik, somebody who did a ruch ha'kodesh, but nevertheless, someone was serving him in order to try and connect to that divine spirit which rested on him, that's also a desire. It's disregarding the source, which is Hashem. It's trying to utilize a lower, a lower level where that spiritual force exists in order to be able to take from it. And therefore, worship of a tzaddik is a desire too. And we see that Nebuchadnezzar worshipped Daniel. Not because he believed Neil to be the creator of the world, it's obviously not. He saw that Neil possessed Ruach HaKodesh. He wanted, therefore, to kind of channel that Ruach HaKodesh to him too. And therefore, he felt that by being subservient to Daniel, he could draw some of that Ruach HaKodesh from him. Like the Pasuk says in Daniel. But then, then, Malka Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Nebuchadnezzar, Nafala and Poi, he fell on his face, and Daniel saw it. And he bowed unto Daniel, he brought to him, he brought him gifts from tribute. And he said, It's true that your God is a true God. The God that he reveals secrets to you. That you're able to reveal these secrets to me. And therefore, you see, he bowed down to him because he wanted to attach himself to the Ruch HaKodesh Neil had. And the same pasuk, he understands that there's Hashem who's providing the with the Ruch HaKodesh. And he says himself, the Ruch in condition, but the spirit of the, the Holy God is on him. And the Nebuchadnezzar was trying to access that too. Not only that, the Gemara says in Hedron, which the Nebuchadnezzar brings, and he says, When Nebuchadnezzar commands everybody to bow down to the statue, and Hanania and Mishal Vazari refused, and they turned into the fire, and the Makadashim Shemaim, and that they're not, they're not burnt. 
Why wasn't Daniel, who was the leader of the Jews in Babel, there as well? Why wasn't he also given the chance to be Kadashim Shemaim, the Gemara says? Shalom Daniel, Ezra Mehochat, this I want to leave here. Because Daniel knew he had been worshipped and he was scared. The Pasuk says that Avodah gets burnt in the fire and therefore even though unwillingly he had been turned into something, an object of worship, an Avodah and therefore he felt maybe this would apply to him and he would get burnt as an Avodah Zarah. Similarly, Nebuchadnezzar who, who, who had made Daniel Avodah didn't want Daniel to be there because he didn't want to have to punish him. That people shouldn't say about Nebuchadnezzar that he burnt his God in a fire. In other words, you see, he also accepted Daniel as some form of a, a form of power over him, and he didn't want to be put in a position where he'd have to throw an, a, a, a person that he had idolized into the fire. Same precious Robert says the same idea. He wanted to bring sacrifice to him. Daniel, like he didn't accept the sacrifice, obviously. Why? Because Hashem doesn't just punish those who serve Avodah Zarah. Hashem destroys the, the object of Avodah Zarah too. Not because the statue has done anything wrong, but because anything which is set up as opposition to Hashem, so the Medic and Eged Medi is, HaKadosh Baruch Hashem, it gets destroyed. And therefore, obviously, Daniel didn't want to be used as Avodah Zarah, because then this would apply to him too. Sadly, by Yaakov Avi, he didn't want to be buried in Mitzrayim, because he didn't want the Egyptians to consider him Avodah Zarah. Which means even if someone was being worshipped, because people saw them as being a source of spirituality from Hashem, nevertheless, if they're worshipping the person and not Hashem, that's also called Avodah Zarah. And really this applies today as well. If a person worships a tzaddik, a tzaddik because he's great, a tzaddik because he gives brachas, a tzaddik because his tzaddik are answered, but if therefore a person is worshipping the tzaddik in the sense of he's relying on the tzaddik to do things for him. He's relying on the tzaddik and whose merit is going to get saved. He's relying on the tzaddik that that will be the way that he'll be saved from or given what he needs to get. That's a void too. Yes, he's relying on the tzaddik because the tzaddik is close to Hashem. He's relying on the tzaddik because the tzaddik is not God or whatever it might be. But like we see from here, that doesn't mean that it's not a void Avodah means relying on a force other than Hashem. And therefore, if, if the tzaddik has a koyach, that's a force. If the tzaddik has a connection to Hashem, and because of that he's answered, that's a force. And relying on that, uh, any other form of power in the world, even be it a person, even be it a righteous person, instead of relying on Hashem, is also Avodah And the truth is, it doesn't just apply to live people, it applies to dead people too. A person that goes to the cave of a tzaddik and is relying on the the Shem of the Tzaddik and Shemaim to answer their problems, to give them what they want, to provide for their needs, that's a Vodah too. Because I'm not relating to Hashem. I'm relating to something which I believe has a certain Kayach. And what's the difference if it's a Malach or it's, an, or it's a spiritual entity or it's a living person or a dead person? That's all in the same category. And if when a person is going to daven to a Tzaddik, really what he's asking is for the Tzaddik to daven for him, not to give him the solution, not to do Hashem's job. Hashem can provide salvation, Hashem can heal the sick, Hashem can, uh, can satisfy all of a person's needs. A tzaddik can't. A tzaddik can daven on his behalf. And therefore, since a tzaddik's tefillahs are heard in Shemayim, the point of going to a living tzaddik is to ask him to daven. Like the Gemara says, when a person has a chayle, he should go to a tzaddik to daven for him. 
And a dead Zarek is no different. A dead Zarek can't provide Yeshivas either. Only Hashem can do that. Going to the care of a Tzarek is also because the person is asking the dead Zarek to dive, his Neshama to dive in for him. We have found many times that the Neshama of a person can approach the Kisya Yaakov and dive in for him. And therefore we are asking for him to do that too. Not to have other gods which is in front of Hashem. Not to have any specific element or koyach in mind. Even in Alpana, it's something which is receiving from Hashem. To a specific which a person's got. Alpana means Hashem is showered on them, so to speak. That Hashem's face is a source of Shafa. And we say Hashem should shine His face on you. And if Alpana means wherever Hashem is shined, the spiritual Kayach, don't worship that thing. Or the Kayach that that thing has received. That's a very desire. And then what is that verse in Eti? I feel it. Even the, one of the Malachim or the Merkab or anything which is uh, something in the service of Hashem, don't deify that, don't worship it. One can only, so to speak, direct tefillahs or bakoshes to Hashem himself. Which means sacrificing to it or drinking the blood to it or, sac- or burning a, sac- a carbon to it, those are the Azharas which apply to the Avodas as they apply to the Besamekdash. But nevertheless, on an atish avodas atfila, we establish kavodas alev v'makom avodas akarbon. Today, when when avodas Hashem, tefila replaces karbonus. Then v'ale gam alzeh shayichazara, which means don't dive into other forces either. That's the that's what today is the expression of avodas Hashem. And to misuse it for something else would be an expression of avodas zara. V'zeshem rakosav sadeich lo elokim yicharam builds l'Hashem levadei. Sacrificing to any force of power. Is a person gets destroyed for that, that's a Vedazara, only to Hashem, the ultimate source. A person can't sacrifice to any individual Koyach, the source of existence. And that's what we say, all individual Koyachs, which we say, they all nimshachim avoy baruch. They all come from Hashem. He's the source of all those koyches. And therefore, I'm uchadim v'nikpatzim v'koyches baruch shmoi klal makara achtosay. They all emanate from Hashem. We see lots of different koyches in the world: the force of life, and the force of health, and the force of wealth, and the force of pranas, and the force of childbirth, and anything else from once as well. But it's all Hashem echod. They they separate as different forces. They all emanate from the same source. And therefore, for all of them. The point of tefillah, the point of reference, the point we have to come back to is to Hashem Himself. And therefore, even to dive into the middle of Hashem is wrong. We don't dive into the middle of Sadin, we don't dive into duplicate the middle of Sadin, we don't dive into appeal to the middle of Sarachamim. These are ways Hashem acts. We dive into Hashem only. Karbonas is always to Hashem, the source. Not that the Karbonas are coming to placate the middle. Or inspire a midah, or, or impress a midah, even when we talk about midahs of Hashem. And Zarin Hashem himself, a Kamar Mizal, Boy Ray, Makos of Parsa Kabonas, Shalanev, and the Kelvin, and the Kimberlain, and the Hashem. 
No other name of Hashem is used by the components, Hashem himself. Which means that a person might wrongly think that there's some other koyach which a person is allowed to appeal to or sacrifice to or try to appease. And even if it's a chalik of something ruchni, that's still also. We don't ever deal with a specific koyach. We only deal with Hashem himself. And really that's the aside why why the emunah of, of Klai Yisrael is that there's one Hashem. That one Hashem runs the world with lots of Qayichas, but we never deal with Qayichas. We deal with the source, and the source is only one. And therefore, it's Hashem Echot. Anything we need, whatever Qayichat might be, we always relate to Hashem Himself, because we know that He's the one source of everything, and if we have to go to the top to ask, so then we always go back to HaKadosh Baruch That's the difference with Avodah Hashem, and avoid of anything down the line, which was all included in the general prohibition of the about which is called the Vedas Zara.